All right, so welcome to the Talk Pop C tent. Uh, my name is Sasha Fink. Um, we're going to have a conversation here. The whole kind of Talk Pop C thing was um, invented by Dina Schottenkirk. Uh, she originated it. And um, the main thing is that we are going to have conversations, right? It's about uh, consensus building, it's about, you know, giving reasons, it's talking, it's about conversations and developing a thought, right? So, um, as I said, my name is Sasha, and you are? I'm Claudia. Bosse. And Bosse. Claudia and Bosse. Okay, good. Nice to meet you. Nice to have you here. Um, so this time, we would like to talk about art as cognition, or art as a form of thinking, right? And what kind of thinking goes into art. Um, do you have any thoughts about this? Should I start with that? The first thought that maybe comes to my mind is like, what's art? And uh, right. how we can associate the thinking with the art and how we define, oh, this is art or this is not art. So we can express through art and yeah, basically what that means. Mm -hmm. yeah, for me, like uh, as a philosopher in uh, neuroscience and cognition sciences, I think about like what's what's there with cognition and art like since i'm myself not an artist but i like to engage in art and have i perceive it and uh, have uh, reflections and see like how our perception of things changes and all how people make art to show their perception of a view of the world mm. and for me what i think about then cognition is um like for, from my personal view of art like uh, it's not so much thinking, it's the rather that like you let your cognition do the work, like you're perceiving and expressing in the, in the same breath, kind of. Yeah. Right, right. So taking these two things up, right, so clearly, right, you're right that very often, or at least in some forms of art, right, artists try to express how they see the world, right, so there's a perception happening in the way of perceiving that they want to push and, you know, make available to others to see the world that way, right. But I do think there's also something to what you're saying, right? If we're talking about art as cognition, we would like to understand how it differentiates itself from other forms of cognition, right? So and then that raises the question of what actually is art, right? Um, so if we're just thinking about it as a, as, a, um, as a process of perceiving, right? And the question is, so what makes perceiving an art different to just perceiving, mm -hmm. right? Do you have any thoughts? What, is there anything special to art? What do you think? Uh, you know, can anything be art? <laughs> <laughs> mm, usually art comes with, I would say, with intention. Uh -huh. Like, um, because otherwise it would just be like anything in the world. Like, for example, we're sitting down in the Vex house, mm -hmm. like any plant, like if, if it's ex like um, builds itself up and creates a nice leaf or a flower, that could be art, but like, so it's like a cultural, perception on arts, mm -hmm. I think it's like intentional, it's an idea you you bring out there. And usually it takes a creative mind to to create art. So I wouldn't just say it's the perception but it's like the like going through the black box. It's like you, you put something in and it gets like re rearranged, reassembled in the in the mind and comes out another way. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Sounds like, like metabolizing, mm -hmm. right? Sounds yeah. like digesting. Yeah, <laughs> there's something to it. Yeah, I think also like uh, with the difference on perceiving through art is also the amount of sensorial input that you get. Mm 
And I think through art, you activate different parts of the brain that might not be activated just by a conversation. If we include a picture, if we include a piece of ceramic, maybe it activates different things and senses that you might not be using just by speaking or perceiving uh, without engaging in the art. Mm, I see. So you would say that there's an additional thing that goes on yeah. for including something as, you know, being an art piece. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask you about a very, like, very sp- like about limiting cases, maybe? Like things that, that might be harder to, to incorporate into what you just said, right? So I'm thinking about, um, so in, in the early Dadaism, right? So there was one guy who, uh, like, put it... A t- put a pissoir, right? Like a thing where you just, you know, if you're on a man's toilet, you just urinate into it. Put this into a, uh, a museum mm-hmm. and made this, it's called fountain, right? As, as declared a piece of art, right? So there doesn't seem to be like any kind of intention of creating this because he didn't create it, right? He just mm-hmm. found it and put it somewhere else. And the question is, right, there, there, are, there are all these kind of weird things that might be around us, but they're not... This, we very, very barely have any kind of conversations about, you know, toilets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least, you know, at least Most in my circles. Mo- yeah, right. So what do you think? Is this a specific, where's the intention there? Where's the specific thing that adds something to the conversation in order to make it a cognizing with art and cognizing about art? I think it's also contextual, right? Like to put the right thing in the right moment with the right context. Mm. And uh, as soon as you take the urinal outside of the toilet, it's outside of its uh, natural place, so to say, and it's placed in an unnatural uh, uh, context in which people say, oh, this shouldn't be here. So it, uh, it maybe creates a reaction when you uh, chain something in a, in a context and place it in a, in a different one mm. without the context. Yeah, like uh, when you said context and like having a different impression, I thought about like association. Like, if a toilet would be in, in the, like, I associate the place toilet with it, uh, like the pissoir, and like if it's out of place, obviously, like, it creates a different relation, like, to the object or, or to the concept of the object. And yeah, I think probably artists are people who, like, from, from my perspective, like, because I'm definitely not an artist, <laughs> um, who create things, like, who see things and objects with other, which other people don't see and mm-hmm. um, like in that terms like have a different uh, association yeah? like an unusual one or a critical like which uh, creates some f- mental friction kind I of. I see, yeah. right. okay. So in both of these cases it seems as if the, the piece that we consider to be art is like taking out of its practical context, mm-hmm. right? It's not that we use it in order to do things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully, it's at least with the toilet and music, mm-hmm. people don't use it to do things, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, so then, you know, let me, let me get back to this. Maybe Does art have to be impractical? What do you think? Impractical? Yeah, oh, right. Okay. Because, you know, like, with the pissoir, you said, like, that it might be art because it's taken out of its practical mm-hmm. context, yeah. right? So, so does, like, is it necessary for art to be impractical? Or not there for a specific goal, right? Maybe. What a, are you thinking about that? Maybe a bit, because when it pops out, like, because usually our world, like, uh, capitalistic, like, um, system world, everything has its function, everything 
as a use, it's like optimized and things and in art it's not like this. Like it, it has maybe some add-ons which wouldn't be necessary like to already show the picture but they, they still are there and uh, so I would say yes, like and it's definitely impractical. But it can be practical too, mm -hmm. like if I think about it. And maybe because be. art is not so much about the end goal or the end product but also about the process I can think like for example mm -hmm. In conflict zones, when they use art as a healing process with people that mm. have like PTSD, like they have trauma situations, and it's not about creating the amazing piece of art that is going to be in the museum, but also healing inside through this process of doing the art. So maybe it's not so utilitarian mm. in the sense of this is the end product and that's art, but the whole what is related with it. Mm. I see. So if it's so impractical, right, that seems something that you both picked up on, right, that you didn't really strongly criticized, right? Mm -hmm. If it's so impractical, why do we do it, right? <laughs> why, why, why is art something that actually like, excites us or something that we actually engage with? Why, why is it something that we actively seek out very often? Do you have any ideas on that? I think it's a way of expression that mm. it's maybe not so common in the day-to-day -day life and it's a way of going outside the bo box and being eccentric and feeling different. I think it's about sensations. Uh -huh. Yeah, for me it's like maybe making sense and getting all right with all the complicated like sensations and ways of the world because like the ways like the like here in the Wexhaus there's so many complex structures and uh, geometrical patterns and uh, as an artist like you get inspiration maybe from that and because usually we like we don't understand the world like yet <laughs> I would say so yeah it helps us work with the world and then maybe like uh, there's even ontological uh, position of art somewhere like I would say it's definitely a part of this world like this physical world we live in like if it's physical. <laughs> so now that you're mentioning the, the role of, of sensations for art do you think that there could be non-sensational art right so I'm, I'm thinking about literature right I do think that mm -hmm. literature could be art right mm -hmm. or is art right mm -hmm. Um, but there, sometimes I think that it's not necessarily in the physical stimulus, right? You, literature is very often translated into a different language, and we still would still say, right, this still is, I don't know, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, even if, you know, I read mm -hmm. it in German, but still it's that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, how, but there I've got the, the feeling that the sensation that I'm getting from, you know, the physical book is not the thing that really connects me necessarily to the art piece right mm -hmm. it's, it's a means towards getting to the art piece so mm -hmm. so how strongly do you think is how strongly do you think is the specific sensation I'm getting associated with a specific art piece mm -hmm. could it be that different sensations could be like associated with the same art piece right then mm -hmm. art would be something abstract right mm -hmm. wouldn't be something do you get any thoughts yeah, on this? I think it's a totally like an individualized experience. Mm. And uh, for example, like when you are mentioning literature, I remember I read once a book when I was a kid. I was so afraid. I had like goosebumps. I felt stomach pain. So, and that was, I received those stimulus and sensations through the book. Mm. But I don't get that anytime when I read any book, right? So it depends on the piece of art, but also on how you relate. Um, with a piece of art, if you are doing ceramic and maybe you like this uh, feeling on how, how it feels in your skin or these people that nowadays like have this 
um, fetish with the sounds of cutting ASMR. onions, right? Oh. And people oh, consider yeah. this ASMR art. Oh, yeah, ASMR and these yeah, things, right, yeah. So I think it's a really individualized experience on what your body feels. It's like, uh, it gives you the feeling. I see. So you would say that, you know, the art perceiver brings something to the table Definitely. by yeah. the associations of the things that they feel mm -hmm. with that work. I see, okay. Yeah, I just got, I uh, just thought of uh, cognitive systems. Uh -huh. So the idea that, for example, if we have a piece of paper and uh, we make notes on it, that we like use it as, as a means of um, using our own cognitive system and uh, like, so we have a reminder but like uh, in theory, we wouldn't need the paper like to note things. Like if we would have maybe a perfect memory or something like like some PDF. And uh, I think if I now think about like an artist painting on a canvas um, or like using the chisel and chisel hammer. and hammer, like it's it's definitely that that he's in a like a, in a cognitive system with the the object he's um, interacting with, hmm. and of course, like since the cognitive system of every uh, the the cognitive system itself of the brain of every person is different, and uh, I think there's uh, this eccentric um, way Claudia was talking about, mm -hmm. like which creates a certain that's super subjective. Mm -hmm. mm. So that seems to be less something that we're you're a little bit different, right? Like stressing that it's extremely subjective is something other than that the perceiver is adding something to the work of art, right? There you would say it's intersubjective, the artwork's being created intersubjective because mm -hmm. some things are being done by the artist, other things are being added to by, by the perceiver mm -hmm. and they both create this kind of artistic expression, right? Mm -hmm. so, so do you want to talk about this? Mm -hmm. Is art subjective or is it intersubjective where you're standing? Mm -hmm. Like maybe you, between mm -hmm. the two of you, yeah. I was thinking that uh, it's a conversation between the piece of art and the perceiver in the sense like if you put now a urinal in the middle of Magdeburg, I'm not so sure people will get that conversation with the urinal. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that has something to do with Magdeburg, maybe. And if you put it in a museum, then you have a public that wants to engage in that conversation. And mm -hmm. like, I, like I think it's more about like a reality as a social construction. And that, that urinal, urinal wouldn't be a piece of art if you don't have a perceiver that perceives it as art, mm -hmm. actually. Mm. I see it like that. Yes, I would say the same. Like, uh, <laughs> I would definitely think it needs an art artistic person to, to realize that. But I think in theory, if you would have the right setting, like the museum, like even people who are, like don't have an artistic like lens or view on the world uh, could see it as well because they, they are brought into the context hmm. but I think like uh, there's maybe like um, um, like, uh, <laughs> oh, like an in-between step yeah like like in between steps of settings where people who maybe don't get the artistic side of it could get it because the context is right for mm -hmm. them and then I think right. it can be subjective like uh, for example for me as uh, I like to do movement mm -hmm. and uh, for me, like for example, people doing um, acrobatics, like that's right. hard for me too. Like, um, and for other people, it's maybe just people moving. Yeah. So right. it depends on what kind of experience you already have with the, your environment and um, art as well. Yeah. I see. So it seems as if you're saying that, right? Anything 
in itself, like in a vacuum, right? Mm -hmm. Taken out of its context, like there's no way to tell whether it's art or not, right? Mm -hmm. It has to be in a certain context. The, the perceivers are adding something to yeah. something being a piece of art. Is mm -hmm. that something that you're that yeah. you're trying to to express here? There, I feel totally related with that because, as I said, for me, reality is, is constructed. So if there is a vacuum, there is nothing else. How how that for me that thing doesn't exist. It's like it's it's not uh, in context with anyone or with any other thing. Hmm. That's nice because it ties us back to this kind of thing that we're doing here, right? This is supposed to be an art project, and we're not in a vacuum. <laughs> we have to try to to do these things in in the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, thank you for taking part in this. Thank you for taking part of taking talking to us about mm -hmm. art. And may I ask the question on why did you decide this setting to do the uh, project? Because it's beautiful. Yeah, these so these <laughs> flowers, right, and the greenery is just just Fair gorgeous. <laughs> yes, it's right. You know, maybe we, maybe this is not a, an area for art, but it's certainly something that has an aesthetic quality to it. I would mm. say. Yeah, I think you definitely have some opinion about gardening as an art, right? Yes. Yeah. Like my like, I have the idea to change the way we live in this world, like in how we interact with the environment. And my idea is quite impractical as well. That's why I said it's art. Like I want to sculpture trees, because like you can cut them, you can bend them down, you can form them, and they even intergrow. And the idea is to build houses out of trees, which will look immensely aesthetic. I'm pretty sure of that. But it's not as practical as maybe building like a concrete facade. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Probably wouldn't be as quick. At least. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I think like we we hadn't we have had like thousands of years to solve the living problem, but we still didn't even though we have the technical things. So I think if we would plant everywhere houses, like uh, in twenty years the problem is solved, and then it even become like the house become bigger and more people can live in them. Oh, it's a beautiful idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for taking part. Thank you. <laughs>